Eagles Entertainment. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another day, and the Eagles held their open practice tonight as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 397. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Ben Fennell and Chris McPherson about our takeaways from Sunday evening's practice as the Eagles took the field at Lincoln Financial Field for their yearly open practice for fans. It was a beautiful night in South Philadelphia. There's plenty to cover, some highlight plays, a lot to take away from this session, but uh, before we get there, before we cover this, I want to make sure we get a little bit of housekeeping done. As always, make sure you head on over to the Journey to the Draft podcast. If you want to get your college football fix, we're only a couple of weeks away from the first college football game of the season. So if you want to get ready for whoever the top prospects are going to be for next year's draft, or if you just want to get excited about Saturdays this fall, head on over. You can listen to analysis from myself, Ben Fennell, and Dane Brugler on a weekly basis over on the Journey to the Draft podcast, wherever podcasts can be found. And also, while you're over there, make sure you throw us a little bit of a rating and some reviews. If you've got questions, you can head on over to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast feed and you can leave us those questions. We'll answer it here in the upcoming episodes. That said, I'm excited to dive into this practice. A really fun practice here on Sunday night. Let's get to it now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, let's get started here with Ben and with Chris and C-Mac. We'll come to you first. Uh, some, some, I would say a, a lengthy injury report coming into uh, into Sunday night when we get into some of these names. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the things you try to avoid during yep. the course of training camp. But nonetheless, so one roster move, Jared Williams was signed by the Eagles after the draft. He was released at the start of training camp. Well, he's back. Well, you're thinking, why is he back? Jordan Mailata out with a concussion. Andre Dillard out with a concussion and new to the injury list. We saw him leave practice early the other day. LaRaven Clark right. has a hamstring injury. So you're down basically your number one, your number two, and your number three left tackles. So Coyote Awasika is the one who took the first team reps at left tackle. Uh, also on the list here, Grant Calcaterra, hamstring injury. He's been sidelined. Another addition, Javon Hargrave. He was in just a jersey and shorts tonight with a groin injury. Jimmy Moreland, the nickel corner, added to the list with an ankle injury. Boston Scott still out with a concussion. Same, Devontae Smith has the groin injury. Jaquaski Tart, he missed practice for just personal reasons. Another defensive back, Kerry Vincent, also sidelined with a groin injury. And then Greg Ward, he's been out with a toe injury. So... I know probably fans are like, all right, who practiced today? Yeah, right. If anything else, if you're going this down the list here. But uh, the offensive line, something to watch going into Friday. Not sure of the playing time yet for the Stars, the second team guys. But the guys like Awasika, like Clark, you figured would probably play a lot, especially with the starting unit on Friday night against the Jets. But uh, we'll have to see how the offensive line situation shakes out 
over the next week in right for the Jets. And we have no insight on this, but I also wonder how much of this is a, hey, these guys are just a, a little bit tender right now. Let's make sure we get them ready for these preseason games, knowing that they're going to get the lion's share of the snaps, make sure that uh, they don't aggravate anything or make anything a little bit worse. Uh, one name to keep in mind for later this week, uh, potentially Marvin Wilson uh, hobbled off the field uh, mid midway through practice. Hopefully he's okay and it's not anything uh, too long term. I don't know if you guys saw uh, anything else uh, in terms of guys leaving the field today, but that was no. the, the one I noticed uh, from There's practice. There's enough. Yes. <laughs> we already went exactly. through enough there. Okay. Fans are like, there. can we just fast forward? You're hitting that fast forward <laughs> right. button well, let's hope on not. the player. Uh, that said, speaking of the fans, uh, I thought it was just awesome uh, to be out there with the fans, Ben. Uh, you and I walked over to practice and got to uh, take in the atmosphere a little bit, and we got a little bit of a taste with uh, introductions and all that. It was just a, a great atmosphere tonight. Yeah, it just gets us back into the spirit, and you had some food in the air and some drinks flowing in the parking lot, yep. some new jerseys on the backs of fans. Yes. My favorite part, Fran, which is one of my favorite things in sports, is that, like, anticipation of the roar of the crowd. Yeah. Like we saw in a couple deep passes where you almost get that silence and then that cascading rush of applause. You don't get that on the practice field. You don't get that kind of that noise from a stadium, the way the sound bounces off. And just to hear the, the pads kind of popping at times, a one-on-one -on -one sounded a little bit different, the way the, the sound bounces off the stadium. So some of these just noises of the stadium, the PA announcer, our own Dave Spadaro there, just feels like game atmosphere. Everyone's got a little more energy, and I feel like we saw it in practice. Yeah, it was I, Sunday night. Yeah, it was a Sunday that, night. So yeah. 30,000 fans. Yep. Wow. About 30,000 fans for a practice. Yep. You know, with the first preseason game also happening at the link in just a few days. Yeah. So. And I feel like, um, to your point, Ben, you know, look, there are fans out of practice every day, and you see those those very intimate interactions between the fans and players on a daily basis. But there's something, too, when, uh, you know, before practice, before stretch, and A.J. Brown comes out on the field, and the fans, you know, Dave introduces them, and the fans go crazy. And you get Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts and all these guys come out, and the, the, fa the roar of the crowd, like, it's, it's a little bit different. And honestly, like, I get goosebumps with it every year because that's the first time this season when you really kind of get that reaction with these players. Yeah, a lot of fun things out there. I mean, I saw a couple of Jordan Davis Georgia jerseys out there. I, yep. think I saw Hassan Reddick jerseys. I feel like the fans have been sitting all those new gifts and birthday presents over the last <laughs> few months. Finally get a stadium appearance to kind of wear your new stuff. Uh, so just really fun to see the new energy of the new season. Yeah, well, what's great about Eagles fans is that the fact Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox, you know, linemen in the trenches, not the sexiest of positions. Those are the guys getting some of the biggest ovation mm -hmm. yep. of the entire night amongst anyone on the team. It's not just about the skill guys here or the quarterback. It's also those guys that are doing the dirty work day in and day out that get the love here. That said, uh, A.J. Brown did get a hell of an ovation. Oh, yeah. And that ovation uh, continued with a big play downfield. Uh, C-Mac, you were a part of that <laughs> ovation. You went a little bananas uh, in the in the in the suite where we were watching practice from but How take us through the play take How us through the play not you know james bradbury's been outstanding in camp but this was a great ball from jalen hurts it was a contested catch situation deep down the right sideline here into the end zone for a touchdown and i mean he's so so physical aj brown the way he can out muscle a defender and the way that he can find that ball uh Darius slay big play slay uh, said it in his press conference. What's so amazing about A.J. Brown is he turns 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls, you know, into his favor because of that size. It's not just that he's big. He knows how to use that size yeah. to his advantage as well. And, you know, that's the one thing tonight with all the fans wanting to see A.J. Brown for that first time in that midnight green, 
give the fans something to cheer for here. I just wanted them to leave with that feeling like, wow, this offense is going to be electric with A.J. Brown as a part of this wide receiver core. We didn't get to see Devontae Smith there, but to see A.J. Brown come down with that ball, I, I couldn't help. But the fan in me, you know, let loose there. It was, the, it was a great little area that we had to be able to watch practice from. I was just ecstatic to be able to watch the first time, hopefully the first of many touchdowns for A.J. Brown this season. Yeah, absolutely. A great play there, C-Mac, and a great result, but it doesn't go without some coaching points. I felt like that ball was left a, a tad inside as opposed to over the outside shoulder. But the point being, A.J. Brown's strength to stack Bradbury there, work back to an inside thrown ball and have the strength at the catch point, just sitting there going through a Rolodex in my head of, the strength at the catch point here, I have not seen in years and years and years. It's very much like a T.O. type of presence yep. where yep. not every ball has to be perfect, and that's the point. Not every ball is going to be perfect in the NFL and on third down and on fades down the field. doesn't mean you give up on it. He has so much strength to fight for errant passes, and they're going to happen. It happens. We hope they can all hit us in hands in stride. It's not how it works. So I love the strength and competing for that ball that was a tick inside against a Pro Bowl caliber corner in James Bradbury. But what's so great is the fact that the coaches will say, okay, the result is good. Yep. Here's how it could be better. No question. Here's how it could be more efficient because maybe against another team, it ain't going to end up like this. And we're going to say – this happened great in practice, but why did it change this time around? It's those little details that make the in difference. In my play of the day, I felt like we saw those two dimensions of A.J. Brown. Obviously, the deep shots, the vertical speed, the the strength at the catch point. I think a play before that was a screen. It was okay, it was like play. a couple plays before, yep. They actually leaked out all three interior offensive linemen to almost be middle of the field blockers, and A.J. Brown came on a little shallow crossing route for a catch and run. I think he just got tripped up. I want to say every one of those, every other one of those, he's going to take 20, 30 yards, in my opinion. That yep. one was just a hair from smoking right through the defense there. So it's great to see the strength and the ability as a yards after catch threat. And then you blink, and he's going to be a deep threat. That's the package of A.J. Brown and those two players. Well, there's something else there. We also have the blocking ability. Absolutely. We saw that tonight while he and Zach Paschal, I forget the exact play, but we saw them blocking. It's a Miles Sanders bubble screen. That's yeah. what it was. Thank you. And we saw them blocking, and it's something that you just can't help but take your eyes on. It's obviously, you're seeing Sanders and that speed and that big play ability, but the physical nature that Paschal and Brown bring, it's just another added dimension to what they're going to bring to the offense. And here. you had talked about 11 personnel last week, and if you do play those three receiver sets with Let's say it's Devontae, Pascal, and A.J. Brown. You're really daring opponents to play nickel. Yep. And then you have a set with a twin set with A.J. Brown and Pascal on the same side. That's a run-heavy side. That's a run strike. That's a mismatch for 80% of nickels around the NFL. So I would love to see how the personnel gets deployed. And our two new receivers and Zach Pascal and A.J. Brown, they are physical profiles. To me, you know, when you look at those two A.J. Brown catches, Ben, like you said, it's kind of the two dimensions, right? You So you see the deep ball, you see the yards after catch, and it goes back to that ability to play through contact. I know Shane Steichen, uh, Eagles offensive coordinator, talked about that in a recent press conference. He and I talked about that in our film breakdown of A.J. Brown from earlier this offseason. And if you break uh, every route, every reception, every target up into like four stages, the, the release, the route, the catch point, and after the catch, 
A.J. Brown is plus in all four of those areas in terms of being able to play through contact. He can fight through a jam. He's really good against press. He's physical through the route. He's really strong at the catch point, and he's outstanding after the catch, running through tackles, running through contact. So uh, we've seen all of that with A.J. Brown really throughout camp, and he continues to do it on a daily basis. It was just cool to be able to see those two big plays on the opening team period uh, just to kind of get kind of wet that appetite uh, for the fans and kind of get them frothing at the mouth early on in this practice. And that really wasn't even the big play that started it because we saw a beautiful little over route by Dallas Goddard yeah. off some run action there, a staple of this offense, yep. Nick Sirianni wants to do. So a little Goddard there and then some nice plays to A.J. Brown. That first team, that first unit, a team session moving right down the field. So here's what I loved about this open practice. Uh, and every t- every coaching staff has kind of approached these a little bit differently since I've been here. Uh, this is, what, the, the fourth coaching staff uh, since I got here in 2011. So uh, and they've been doing these open practices in different iterations uh, since I've been here. What's interesting is this one to me was the one that was most catered to like the fan experience. There was the opening session was a move the ball competitive. uh, You know, we had scoreboard. There was a point system like, Hey, we're going to move the ball. This is going to be a scrimmage like atmosphere. You had punt coverage drills that were one-on-one compete. Everybody's watching these two or three guys go at it on this individual rep. Uh, There were just more move the field periods. It ended on a two minute drill. Just, it was, it was very like a, it wasn't a static practice. It wasn't a lot of guys standing around. It was a, it was a fun, energetic session. Uh, for the fans, and I thought that was a, a cool element as well. There was live tackling. Yeah, there yeah. was live tackling no, too, it right? Was, it was the backups, it was, yeah. but still, nonetheless, you know, Nick Sirianni had said previously there'll be no tackling to the ground. Yeah, it gave a little something to the fans yep. there. So here and a big reason to fans why practice is a little bit different at the stadium. Typically, working with three full fields to yep. deploy all the groups, a little more space. You can do two full, you know, 11-on-11 sessions on different fields. One field tonight, so the structure of practice has to be a little bit different just based on the space you have to work with. So we will do a little bit more in terms of like the play-by-play action in our in our practice notes, which you can read over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. By the time this podcast is live, those notes uh, should be live as well. So make sure you go check those out uh, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, wherever you get your, uh, your Eagles content. But um, for me, real quick, not to skip to the end, but uh, my play of the day came on a play late in practice. It was during the two-minute session, I believe, uh, or it might have been the, the period before that. Uh, Jalen Hurts, it was a long run. It was on a zone read. In that session, there were like three or four Jalen Hurts keepers on there in the in the option game uh so he reads the defensive end he's he keeps the ball he, he uh, runs out to the right side and just like that saints play last year where he juked the defender and took off for like the 25 yard touchdown run he jukes brandon graham uh cuts back inside goes against the grain it was the same part of the field almost uh it was a i thought that was the end that one also drew like the oohs and ahs from all the fans uh in attendance as well so that was a big play uh that got the the fans excited c-mac to be fair BG has looked phenomenal. He has in this yeah, camp. No this is not, not a, a, a play, play. against him, but it just shows you how quick and shifty Jalen yeah. Hurts is, and how we don't get to really relish that part of his game in these practice yep. sessions. And I don't know how much we'll see of him in the preseason, but when the regular season comes around, it's just another element to this offense that we really can't factor in right now. Right now, we're really seeing pretty much the philosophy of what the coaches want to run. We're trying to see things mostly in structure, but it's that extra element that Hurts brings that makes him so deadly and so dynamic. And really, you're adding an A.J. Brown to his offense. You get Devontae Smith in his second season. You know, you've reinforced the offensive line with, with Sam Miles taking over right guard and Jurgen, and uh, Cam Jurgens, you know, fortifying the interior as a backup 
Uh, it just really has all the elements are there for this offense to be prolific, dynamic, and to be able to dictate to opposing defenses. Um, but it was good to see that element of it out there tonight. So the the practice started with some special teams, and you had this red zone, move the field, kind of competitive situation that I alluded to. First team versus first team, second team versus second team. They kind of traded places there. Then you get into seven-on-seven seven and O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. Uh, you guys were had eyes on the one-on-one the -on -one session. I'll let you guys uh, kind of riff. Ben, I'll come to you first. Just kind of any big takeaways there um, from the O-line, D-line, one-on-one session, guys that stood out, reps that stood out, uh, just big takeaways? Yeah, some guys on the D-line thought Milton Williams had some good speed of power plays. Uh, Marlon Tui Peloto is, uh, you know, really improving with his hand usage, his, his ability to get up the field. Teron Jackson, I think quietly is having a really good summer, really good camp, not only in one-on-ones, good effort in team periods, flowing to the ball, saw a beautiful spin move that all intents and purposes would have been a sack on a normal Sunday yep. uh, against an opponent out there. So Teron Jackson. He's making plays every day, Teron oh, Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah, he's having a good camp. I think it's coming uh, at, you know, at the expense of maybe some headlines not going his way just because we have yeah, you know, sure. some newcomers and some other storylines. Yeah. But, um, him and Patrick Johnson, don't forget about those second-year guys. My favorite rep of the session wasn't Lane to start the session as he did every one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. It's actually Isaac Sayomalo who went second against Fletcher Cox. That's not a great matchup for Sayomalo. is a little bit of an undersized technician. So you get a big, burly, essentially grown man strength guy like Fletcher Cox, who is a, he's a load to deal with. I thought Sayomalo did a great job in anchoring and kind of walking back and keeping himself between Fletch and the quarterback. So, uh, you know, I had to take a couple steps back because it is Fletcher Cox. Uh, he's very strong, but I thought Sayomalo did a great job, and it's those types of reps in the summer that are really going to make Sayomalo better and stronger once the regular season comes. We talked about Cam Jurgens a moment ago. He went, went against Rennell Wren and mm -hmm. gave up some yep. initial push initially, but was able to anchor himself. Wren's a big boy. And that's, again, same, same It's thing. like him and Jordan Davis are like, is, is it 90 or 98? Because yeah. that's how big Wren is. <laughs> So Jurgens are impressed there. Um, Jack Driscoll, I thought, showed some improvement here tonight. He's been working out on the edge through all of camp here. Yep. So, but he has that guard tackle versatility. Suopeta continues to use his frame. Uh, you know, an undersized guy, but he knows how to use it. I thought he did a good job in in his rep tonight. Josh Sills is another guy that goes under the radar that we keep. He's had know, flashes. He yeah. has flashes. He has. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. He's he's going to make things tough. Whether it's you know to make the fifty three finest spot on the practice squad. He's definitely going to be someone who I think fans should keep an eye on during uh, the preseason games. And my disclaimer, they had the energy green numbers today with the military design. It was hot. So you had a lot of jerseys pulled up. Any note we're saying today could be incredible. <laughs> we're looking at. Okay, so a lot of numbers are similar. Ninety-eight looks like nineties. So those gonna be tough to say. From, from so I try. I try to make it okay. What were the ones I definitely could tell right. before <laughs> before going it's into? Like it, I know so. Samalo's got the hair coming out the back. I feel confident in that one. Yeah. yeah. Kelsey's got the mechanical arm brace going on, and I need all those kind of context clues to help me out. That's the big part for sure. <laughs> uh, defensive line. Wear some red shoes out there or something. Help that me. that always kind of helps. Uh, to me, you know. Just, Speaking to your point about the defensive line, it seems like guys are flashing. And a part of that is because of some of the offensive line injuries, uh, as we've talked about. But, you know, Hassan Reddick was in the backfield. He had two sacks and negative plays uh, in his first team session. Uh, we've seen Josh Sweat time and time again. And, and I feel like the, the offensive coaches and, and Coach Nick Sirianni has done a nice job of kind of letting things play out, not blowing every play dead. So there are a lot of plays where I might say, oh, well, Jalen Hurts scrambled and threw a big play to a receiver downfield. 
but also make sure you give credit to the fact that, oh, like Josh Sweat, that on a normal play, that might be a sack, right? And there was one of those uh, in that first session. You know, and like I said, uh, a bunch of these guys have continued to flash up front along the defensive line. Um, outside of that, guys, I mean, we'll get into some more in, the, in these in the practice notes. Uh, the two-minute drill at the end, we got our, our patented daily dose of uh, T.J. Edwards diving pass breakup uh, over the middle uh, on the third play. We saw an A.J. Brown uh, comeback versus uh, James Bradbury on the outside. Um, they have some, some big plays, and the offense was able to punch it in. Second team uh, offense was able to punch it in at the end. Defense had some nice stops here. Um, you know, I thought the defense overall uh, did a nice job today. I think I have a little summer homework. We're going to do a little more digging into Deion Kane. I thought he had a nice day today, not only catching the ball, yeah. being competitive at the catch point, special teams. Yep. You know, and when you're the Deion Kane's of the world and trying to make the roster, you better do those special teams reps with enthusiasm. I thought he had one of the highlight reps in that special teams period call. where literally it was a one-on-one punt coverage drill. And it was all eyes on you, and he was the only guy to put his defender on the ground and go down and uh, essentially make the tackle. So a uh, really good rep by Deion Kane. Talking about defensive backs here, Josiah Scott. Yeah, thought, diving, pass break the, up the diving pass break yep. against Devin Allen. Thought was very impressive there. Andre Sachere had a pass break up there in that last session as well. So Nice blitzes off the edge for Sachere tonight, too. Yeah, I mean, the de- the defense, especially the second-team unit against the second-team offense, yeah. the defense really stepped up there and made things tough there for they that did. group. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It's something, uh, certainly one of my big takeaways, just kind of walking away from practice, the second-team defense, I thought. Usher sure uh, has the hair coming out the back. His pads sit like Avante Maddox. They're both playing nickel. Mm-hmm. I was I was thrown off. The jersey yeah. number yeah. begins with a two. Yeah. He's had a nice summer, though, 21. Look that, up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he, was a, well, he was on the 53 all season Huge last year. Role. The Eagles yeah. picked him up off waivers right after training camp, uh, and he became a, a big part of the Eagles special teams unit. And his versatility is big, too, because he Absolutely. can play uh, all three spots uh, in the secondary. So, uh, yeah, Sasha, an important player for us to bring up. Uh, guys, I think that'll be it for us here tonight. Uh, we've got a walkthrough Monday, so no no practice notes, no podcast on Monday. Eagles back on the field Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Preseason game on Friday, so we'll take a, a little bit of a hiatus here uh, on the podcast for a few days. We'll be back the next time uh, the Eagles are on the practice field for Tuesday afternoon. Until then, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast.